More money is spent on public transport in London than anywhere else in the UK. While commuters in the north make their way to work on a series of go-karts lashed together with filthy rope, their metropolitan counterparts are whisked directly to their offices in jewel-encrusted carriages which have been jet-washed with artisan spring water. And this luxury explains the legendary high spirits of tube commuters, winking at tourists, having a sing-song, and revelling in their twice-daily chance to have a good old natter. Or so you'd think. In the words of one civil servant who is not from the capital, loads of Londoners have a massive gob on, because the huge new rail project, Crossrail 2, is late, and wildly over budget. The son of one Transport for London rail executive told me, Daddy is sad, the train isn't finished, and he's sad about all the money. He's seven, I should not have interviewed him. But you should listen to this, Mike Prow's solo travel podcast, Crossrail 2 Special. In this episode, I give you my pledge that I will expose and explain the truth behind the Crossrail crisis, if it's reasonably straightforward. And most importantly, I'll be reflecting what you think. I posted a call on Twitter asking for your hot takes on whether capital projects in London soak up too much public money. Here's what I got back. Nothing. I have 14 followers on Twitter. I decided to flip the debate over to Facebook. My Aunt Deborah sent me a crying laughing emoji. Crunkbitch493 offered me penetrative sex and a link to her website, which didn't work. And Jemima Pezel sent me six vomiting emojis and a question mark. Proud UK Warrior wrote, You can't make a country work, what with all the and the Asians? Thanks to everyone who took part. I will not be doing this again. I did, however, get an email from a senior civil servant who has worked in rail procurement. She said there was extreme pressure to enhance the performance of construction crews, and she added that most rail procurement was based on regional birth rate modelling. To be honest, it was way too complicated, and I'm leaving it there. At a loose end, fancy a change. There's something you haven't thought of. Adoption. Give it a go today. Brought to you by the UK Adoption Council. Adoption. What's the worst that can happen? Transport for London executive Judith Mansfield has to manage the crossrail delay. And the no-nonsense Scott didn't help herself when she attempted to make a joke about the situation before a London mayoral committee. She said the project would be easier if the trains didn't have to carry passengers. But the joke fell flat because, unfortunately, her exact version was delivering Crossrail 2 would be easier if the trains didn't have to carry passengers illiterate meatbags shuffling through their pathetic lives with their runny noses and disgusting hair. 
Despite years of experience with large-scale projects, Judith Mansfield's career has been blighted by this inability to tell a harmless joke. During her time at Southeastern Trains, she responded to a question about punctuality from the BBC's Gavin Esler by saying, I'm running all the right trains, but not necessarily in the right order, you ridiculous fanny. And the minutes of an employment tribunal in 2015 describe her telling one executive a knock-knock joke. When he asked, who's there, she said, it's me and I'm sacking you. The effects of the Crossrail 2 delay have been enormous, not least the compensation bill for affected shops and longer contracts for construction crews. One government analyst said the disruption has now reached the level of massive faff and was heading towards total bore lake on Whitehall's bother matrix. And calls for scrutiny have been led by the UK's train spotting community, who say their hobby has been seriously affected. The harmless pastime was mocked in my youth, but its fortunes have been transformed by the arrival of 19-year-old French wunderkind Pierre Trabeau. Pierre exploded onto the Parisian underground train spotting or T-spot scene in 2014, blowing up social media with an edgy Insta feed combining enigmatic slow-mo videos with unimpeachable diesel identifications. Sensing an opportunity, the UK Society of Train Spotters appointed him Youth Ambassador in 2016, and the now gender-diverse multiracial hobby has turned into a juggernaut. Almost 2 million UK 14 to 20 year olds now identify themselves as T-Spot aware or likely to T-Spot in the next week. And train ID influencers like Barky, T-Trots and Meticulous B reach hundreds of millions of fans on YouTube. Established UK train spotters like 78 year old Terry Parkinson and 81 year old Roger Thornsley now find their years of experience in great demand. In an interview with Dazed and Confused magazine, Terry said, If you'd told me 60 years ago I'd be standing up and sharing my numbers in front of 30,000 screaming kids at the O2 Arena, I don't know what I'd have said. At the UK Adoption Council, we've got unbelievable deals on children who can't wait to be inside homes like yours. Adoption. You've tried the rest, now adopt a child. My efforts to find out why Crossrail 2 is late, extending my Twitter reach, carrying out Vox Pops and plugging my Doodle Poll, are being hampered by continual confidential emails from that senior civil servant at the Department of Transport I mentioned earlier. To preserve her identity, she's asked me to call her Hamanda Jenkins with a Z. Now, one Google search has revealed to me that there is a civil servant in the Department of Transport called Amanda Jenkins. So, Amanda, first thing, put more effort into your fake name. And have a think about the fact that one of the confidential finance documents you've sent me is 94 pages long. I am busy, 
and I am not trying to needle you. By the way, giving yourself the haughty title whistleblower will not get you to the top of my to-do list. Wind your neck in. The crux of rooting out corruption in public office isn't wading through complicated documents. It is persistent calls to press officers. The PR team at Crossrail 2 has got to know me over the past week, and I'm grateful to Manza and Josh for sending me the following emails. Number one, you're confusing this project with HS2. Number two, Caroline Flint is not the Secretary of State for Transport. Number three, the circle line's the yellow one. Number four, you have not attached the document. And number five, once again, you have not attached the document. I'm just making a quick phone note because it's 4am and that whistleblower has just been at my door. Amanda was nervous asking whether I understood the risks she was taking, whether I cared what was at stake and even if I knew what a train was. Fearing she was being followed, she ran away surprisingly quickly. As a journalist, I'm ashamed. It's up to me to blow the whistle on and the lid off the Crossrail 2 delay. I'm going to take a look at that document. Oh my god, they're onto me. I am in hiding. In a bid to escape the heat and to keep this Crossrail document safe, I have entered a secret location I like to call the Sanctum. My emergency underground journalistic nerve centre where I can lie low, work on my most sensitive stories and get free Wi-Fi from the nearby primary school. It was here that I exposed the Thomas Cook puppy farms. Here that I pulled off the tortuous expose into Ryanair's fake aeroplanes and blew the lid right off the undercover pensioner syndicate which ended the Club 18 to 30 holiday. And it's from here that I will expose the real reason why Crossrail 2 is years late and billions over budget. Because this podcast will always stand up for what is good and what is right. But first, more from the UK Adoption Council. Short of cash? Adopt a child and you could be eligible for up to £20.70 a week in child benefit. Almost all of our customers said that just days after a UK adoption, there was a child in their house. So there's never been a better time to grab a great deal. Do an adoption with the UK Adoption Council. The exact location of the sanctum cannot be revealed. But you wouldn't be a million miles off if you left my flat, headed to Tesco and went right at the bins. Here, I've been able to scan the pages of the financial documents provided by Hermanda. Run it through the decryption filter. Just copy that and... An intricate top secret dossier algorithmically hidden within the fake financial report. She also posted me a photocopy, but I thought it was a catalogue and binned it. The truth had been staring me in the face. Amanda couldn't say them out loud, but had laid clues. Her early reference to enhancing performance. Her accusation I was trying to needle her. Her surprisingly fast running pace. 
they revealed that at the heart of the Crossrail 2 failure was an attempt to speed up the work of employees with a secret regime of performance-enhancing drugs, including ephedrine, EPO, the banned anabolic steroid nandrolone and human growth hormone. The hidden document includes the testimony of one worker, who signed a non-disclosure agreement. It reads, They said they were harmless vitamin injections, but I was suddenly smashing my targets. One night, I realised it was three in the morning. Everyone had gone home, and I had single-handedly dug and lined a two-mile section of tunnel between Tottenham Court Road and Victoria. It's no surprise that with this drug regime in place, Crossrail 2 was at one point two years ahead of schedule. But before long, the steroid abuse resulted in a poor safety culture, accidents and delay. In one report, an electrician noted that previously slight female engineers had doubled in size and were, and I quote, swinging around steel girders like they were toy lightsabers. He described one 18-year-old apprentice called Ellie effortlessly heaving an 80-kilogram battery unit into his testicles, resulting in significant swelling. Fortunately for him, the shrinking effects of his own unwitting steroid abuse meant that his genitals were now exactly the right size. Three months into the illegal drug regime, Crossrail 2 boss Judith Mansfield stopped the experiment, saying it was like painting the fourth bridge if all the painters were wankers. Here at the UK Adoption Council, we're confident the Home Office injunction forbidding us from advertising, working with children or existing in any way will soon be overturned. We can, however, still offer some great adult adoptions, like Todd, a 28-year-old web marketer from Cardiff, He's left-handed. Or Jennifer Maltby, a married 46-year-old PE teacher who, as she puts it, fancies a change. So fill in even fewer forms right now with an adult adoption. No returns. There's just time for me to sign off from the Sanctum. The scandal of Crossrail 2 is, of course, one of inequality that not once did our London-centric transport industry think to inject rail workers in the north with a cocktail of drugs to improve productivity. This story is now out there. It's in your phone, in the Prowse folder. It's now your job to tell your friends about the Mike Prowse Solo Travel Podcast. You can do this by sharing it on all social media platforms. Please do not tag me in. I've heard it. It just remains for me to say thanks to my whistleblower. I met Hamanda yesterday. I'm pausing to snap a table in half and hoist me high above her head in jubilation. She thanked me for sharing her story. This is Mike Prowse signing off. I've blown the whistle and your minds.